How to be rich. We're going to be talking about that for the next three weeks. Real quick question for you. Uh, raise your hand if you're rich financially. If you're rich financially. Whoa, did you see those hands shoot down? Did you see that? Whoa, financially. I hope you caught those hands for just a minute there. Maybe you write those people down on your Christmas list. Yeah. We're going to be talking about what it means to be rich. Now, listen. Well, isn't that interesting that nobody wants to raise their hand when I ask who's rich financially? And by the way, wow, you know, you're maybe elbowing your neighbor right now. I can't even believe he asked that kind of thing. Our pastor asked that kind of question, right? Have you ever thought about this? In today's culture, our, people like me and you, they're more comfortable talking about sex in church than they are talking about personal finances. Think about that for a minute. Nobody wants to talk about our personal finances. Hey, for the next three weeks, we're going to be in a stewardship series, and we're going to talk about finances, but we're going to talk about time and talents. We're going to talk about stewardship, and that is all of us. God wants all of us to be invested in in eternity and what He's doing in the world, and He wants us to do it the right way. So we're going to be talking about stewardship, money, time, talents, a lot of different things. And, And today, I'm going to start by using a term, and that term is the term rich. What does it mean to be rich? And maybe you're even thinking to yourself, hey, I know somebody who's rich. How about this guy right here? Yeah. Rich? Uh, right, rich, right? See, when it comes to rich, most of the time we're thinking about somebody else. Somebody else whose finances look a lot better or different than ours do. And if I were to go out and ask your friends or even your coworkers, kind of that same question I asked a minute ago, Who's rich? Uh, if you're rich, raise your hand. Financially, most of your coworkers would say the exact same thing you did. They would not want to raise their hands. Oh, rich? Me? I'm not rich. No, no, no. I'm not rich. We always think about somebody else being rich. Now, here's the problem. Get your outline. As a matter of fact, there's the first little blank there. I should have put it earlier. Just go ahead and fill it in. Here's the problem. And the problem with this understanding of rich is no one knows where the rich line is. All right? Write that down. No one knows where the rich line is. So when I ask the question, are you rich or what is rich? It's a real hard question to answer. As a matter of fact, some of you guys might think, be thinking to yourself, well, one day I think I'm actually going to kind of cross over the rich line when, when a wealthy relative passes away and maybe give me more money, then maybe I'd cross over. Or for some of us, we think, I, I'll cross over the rich line one day when I get a job promotion or if I get a, you know, a different job that pays a lot more. Or some of you guys might be thinking to yourself, you know, um, I, I know some people who were rich and they didn't even do rich well. And have you ever, have you ever known people to, do, to be rich and not do rich well? Have you heard about the lottery winners who win all that money and then they, they, they squander it all and their life goes to pot? You've heard about this, right? Have you ever, have you ever listened to the story of, of, uh, of, of heavyweight boxers who get a lot of money and then all of a sudden their life, they're, they're in the, the poorhouse, you know? Or maybe you've heard about musicians that same way who end up getting a lot of money and they waste it all. And maybe you thought to yourself when it comes to being rich, man, if I was ever rich like them, I wouldn't waste it. I wouldn't be arrogant about it. I, wouldn't, I would do rich really well if it was me, if I was rich, right? And see, that's kind of what I want to talk about with you. I want to talk to you in these next few weeks 
I want to teach you about how to be rich from the Bible's point of view. Now, let me be very clear. This is not a how to get rich thing, all right? I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to say, if you are rich, I want to talk to you about how you are supposed to live according to the Bible as a rich person. Now, the series that I'm doing right now, um, Andy Stanley kind of started, and, and then a guy named Craig Greshel did, did some more of it, and I'm really standing on their shoulders over the next three weeks, and I kind of wanted to throw that out there. So a little bit of what you're going to hear is from Andy, and a little bit of what you're going to hear is from Craig, and the really good stuff you're going to hear is from me. And, um, <laughs> and, and together, what we're going to do is we're going to pick up the Bible, and we're going to study, hey, what does it look like if I were rich how am I really supposed to live? How do you live if you're really rich? And here's a, notice in, this, in your outline there, there's a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6, it's going to kind of be the thesis of all three weeks. It's going to kind of be a running theme for us, and I want to invite you to read it with me. From 1, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, um, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God. Now, real quickly, let me just point out a couple of things here. Who, who is this? Who is this uh, what book is this? First Timothy. This is actually a guy named Paul who is writing to Timothy, young guy that he's mentoring. This is his mentee, so to speak. And he's writing to Timothy. And basically, I want you to pick up what he's saying. Timothy, you've got some people in your church that are rich. They've just been blessed more than other people. And what does he tell them to do? Notice he says, command those who are rich in this present world. He says, I want you to speak to their richness, okay? Now, notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, hey, I want you to rebuke them or tell them they're going, you know, they're going somewhere, you know, tell them they're bad. He, he, doesn't say, he says, listen, speak to their wealth. He's basically saying, speak to their riches and show them how they're supposed to live because God has chosen to bless them. And he's saying to Timothy, listen, I want you to speak over them, command them on how they are supposed to live. Now, what's interesting is I wonder what Timothy did with this scripture. I wonder if Timothy stepped out to his congregation and he, and he spoke to the rich or whether maybe he tried to go at them one-on-one. -on -one. But here's the problem. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Rich people don't like to admit that they're rich. Have you ever thought about that before? Rich people, who is rich? Rich people never admit they are rich. So here's the interesting thing. Watch this. Watch this. I don't know why we don't admit we're rich, but just watch this. Real quick illustration. I want somebody in the crowd here, if not many people, to admit something for me. And I bet you won't be embarrassed about it. I bet you won't, even, I bet you won't feel bad about it. If you are taller than me, raise your hand. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Now, hey, do you mind that? No, you don't mind that. I was looking at big old Charlie Waller over here. Charlie's a mountain of a man. Charlie knows I'm bigger than Stephen, right? And, and, and by the way, you don't mind that. You probably like it, right? How about, how about you guys out there, if you would say, hey, I'm artistic. Raise your hand if you're artistic. Go ahead. Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand if you're artistic. Yeah, there's not a lot of us, but there's a few of us. Thank you. Thank you. How about this? Raise your hand if you're athletic. Raise your hand up if you're athletic, all right? Lots more of us. You know what's interesting is I could keep talking about traits in, in your lives that many of you guys, you're not embarrassed about it. You don't apologize for it. 
You're not, you're not ashamed of it. You will admit it readily. But if I were to say, are you rich? You go, no, 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 no. That's somebody else, not me. That's not who I am. And what's interesting, now watch this. Remember that scripture we read? If nobody will admit they're rich, and there's these wonderful scriptures out there for people who have been blessed a lot, then those scriptures just go unaddressed into so many lives of people who will never admit they've been blessed in a mighty way. This past week, I spent some time, I was away from you guys, and we were out, you, you probably already know that I was out in Las Vegas for Alex, he was at a kicking competition, and we were out there talking about, I was, I was out there with my father-in-law, and I struck up a conversation with him, I said, his name is Johnny, Julie's dad, I said, Johnny, what, how much did you make in your first job? Coming right out of college, he graduated from Georgia with undergrad and a graduate degree. He said, I came out of the University of Georgia in 1968 with a graduate degree making $9,000 a year. And he said, I was proud of it. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow. Now, let me tell you the reason I asked that. I was, I was reminded through a, another conversation of when I came out of undergraduate school. When I graduated college, I went and worked for a church in Atlanta called Mount Perrin. My first job was for $28,000. I didn't have any benefits. It was straight salary. It's just what it was. And I felt like I was rich. I remember feeling like I was making so much money. Now, the truth of the matter is my wife, I met her. I started dating Julie, and Julie was working for the school system, and her first teaching career coming right out of college, and she was making 18000 but she had all the benefits. You know, she had the insurance and the pension. Truth be known, she was making a lot more than me. And then it, what's, what, what I'm pointing out here is, you know, sometimes with this rich thing, you don't know where you stand. I knew even in my first job coming out of college, I was making more money than other people, but I knew there's a lot of other people making a lot more money than I was. And I didn't, I might have felt a little bit of rich because I was really, had, had my first decent paycheck, but I knew there was a lot more that a lot more people were making than me. Let's talk about rich for a minute. The Gallup folks, you know those folks who do all the statistics? The Gallup folks, are, they did a little statistical study to try to help us figure out what rich is in America, all right? And let me tell you what they found. And, but here, here's the nutshell of it all. Every group that they studied, every group they did statistics on, that group thought the next group that made more money than them were the rich folks, all right? So let me, let me show you this a few times. There were the folks that, that ranged in the $30,000 area. They made $30,000 a year. And those folks that made $30,000 a year, they looked at the folks who made roughly, statistically, it averaged out to be about 74000 They said, those are the rich people. They, those are the people that make more money than we do, and they are the rich people. And interestingly enough, the folks who made 50000 the same type, of, same type of folks, they looked at folks who made 100000 and they said, we're not rich. <laughs> if you make 100000 they're the rich folks, all right? They looked at somebody else and said, they are rich. Now, what's interesting is, remember what I said before, the rich line, nobody knows where it's at. And wherever you are, it always feels like somebody else is rich, not you. So when all their study was done, the Gallup poll said this, the average American says that if you make about $125,000, then you are definitely rich. $125,000 a year. Now, you, many of you guys are seeing that, and you're thinking to yourself, well, <laughs> well there you go. That's why I don't feel rich. I don't, you know, 
I don't make $125,000 a year. But now watch this. The Gallup folks interviewed some people who made a lot more money than $125,000 a year. They interviewed some high-income earners. And the high-income earners, they were people that made beyond a million dollars a year. And those people averaged out to say that for them, $5 million is the rich people. Now, Now watch this. Watch this now. There were people making... A little more than $1 million a year. There are people making a little more than $2 million a year. People making $2.5 million a year. And even those people looked at the people who were making $5 million and they said, that's the rich people. Are you getting the point here? What I want you to grasp here is that no matter where you are, no matter how much you make, it's always somebody else that's rich. Somebody beyond you, right? You don't feel rich. And by the way, the operative word is feel. You don't feel rich when you look at those other people. Now, let me just give you a little dose of reality, all right? Internationally, those Gallup people, they went beyond America, and they studied the globe, and they studied how much people made across the world, and here's what they found. Internationally, they found that if you make $37,000 a year or more, that you are in the top 4% of the entire world, $37,000 or more. And and then they went a step further. If you're making $45,000 or more a year, you're in the top 1% of the entire world. What does that mean? Well, the big point, got your outline there? Got your outline in front of you? Write down the big point real quickly, okay? Here's the big point. We're rich. Write that down. Write that. I know it's real hard to write it on that piece of paper. I know it is. We're rich. That's the big point. <laughs> this past week, Ross Cooper, y'all know Ross, right? Our, our, our student ministries pastor, Ross went down to Nicaragua, and Ross went on mission there. So did Jeff White. Jeff, you're here today somewhere, right? Jeff White went down to Nicaragua. Jeff, I want you to imagine something for me a minute. Right before you go down, right before Jeff went down to Nicaragua, now Jeff's, this, Jeff's an IT guy, okay? I don't know how much Jeff makes, but IT guys, they do all right, all right? I want you to imagine for a minute Mr. Jeff going down to Nicaragua. And I want you to imagine some folks, he's not there yet, who were talking about Jeff before he got there. And they're saying, did you know that Mr. Jeff White's coming back down here again? Oh, yeah, big old strapping Popeye. Yeah, that's him, yeah. He's going to come down here? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I heard about him, but I don't know very much about him. Let me tell you about Mr. Jeff. And I want you to just imagine a third world person talking to a third world person about people like me and you. Here's how that conversation might go, Jeff. Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff. And he's not alone. Those other guys that come with him, they got so much money. They have to put it in a thing they call a bank. <laughs> they put it in a bank. They got so much money. And, and here's what I've heard, that they, they've got planners for their money, and they pick their planners out, and they get all stressed about what, what their life's going to look like one day when they retire. They call it retire. They're going to quit working, and they're going to get paid back for all the years that they worked. And they get stressed about that. Really? Yeah, they get stressed about it. But let me tell you more about Mr. Jeff. 
Mr. Jeff lives in a big house. Really? Such a big house, he can park his car in his, in his house. Yeah, really? Yeah. And Mr. Jeff, he doesn't have one car. No, he doesn't have two cars. Even his kids have cars. And they'd be like, really? Yeah, Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff. He, he and all those other guys, let me tell you about their house. If you ever go to their house, they have rooms upon rooms upon Rooms upon rooms. I mean, they got a room they call their piano room. They got a room they call their foyer. They got a room they, they call their, just a room for his wife to put her own stuff in it. Do you, let me tell you about his wife. Mr. Jeff's wife, she goes to her closet and it's filled with clothes. And she stands in front of the clothes and she says, I don't have anything to wear. Mr. Jeff, Mr. Now, are you getting the picture? We are rich. We are rich, guys. Compared to 99% of the world, we are financially rich. Now, if you don't feel rich, that's a different thing. And there's a thing in your life that you can bring into your financial world called margin that will help you to change the feelings completely about money. And we're going to talk about that a lot more in the next couple of weeks. We're not going to talk about that this week. But if you don't feel rich, that's totally different from the rest of the world who looks at you and the rest of the world says, you know what? You are rich. Now, my question for you in this series is, since you are rich, do you know how to live rich? Do you know how to act rich? Are you doing the right things according to the Bible with the riches that God has given you? Do you really know? You got your pen. I, I want to talk about, for the rest of my time together here today, I want to talk about three I wills. And they're going to kind of become a foundation for us in this three-part series. Three I wills about being rich, okay? About how to learn how to really live God's way when you're rich, when you've been blessed beyond measure. Three, I wills. And the first one is this one. Go ahead and write it down. The first one is this. I will admit that I am rich. I will admit that I am rich. Now, if you're going to learn how to ever live rich because you are rich and because you are blessed, it has to start with you being willing to admit that you are rich. Now, here's a little caveat, and this is a very important caveat. If you are upside down in debt right now, you're not going to identify with anything I'm talking about up to this point. Maybe you've, maybe you've had some type of loss in your economic world. Maybe you've had some type of uh, real estate loss. Maybe you've been through a divorce and you're upside down. Maybe some of you here right now, you don't even have a job. When I put up even 37000 on there, you think to yourself, well, I, I, I ain't got that right now. So right now, you're not, going to understand, you're not even going to identify with anything I'm talking about right now. But I want to tell you, week two and week three are geared right at where you're at, okay? Some of you guys might, might really, your world might be financially right now completely upside down. And we're going to talk about what God would have us to do to get our world right side back up again. But here's what I want to talk about first. For, for, the, for the majority of us, for most of us here, we're not in that boat. We're not in any of those boats. We are rich. 
As a matter of fact, we sit in front of our TV and eat dinner, our cable TV and eat dinner, and we complain about our finances in a well-heated house while the delivery pizza is on the way. All right, that's who we are, okay? We are rich. And the first point, the first I will is, I will admit that I am rich. Read that scripture with me again. 1 Timothy chapter 6. The Bible says this, command those who are rich in this present world. Now, you'll notice in your outline, I've bolded those four words. In this present world. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, I want you to note that in this present world, because I've already shown you, I've already talked to you about 99% of the world looks at you like you and, and me, we're rich, okay? So when, when Paul writes to Timothy and he says to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world, he's talking to me. He's talking to you. He's talking to us about how we are supposed to live. And it begins by understanding that when it comes to the rest of the world, Man, I I have been blessed. I am rich and admitting that you're rich. Now, so, ready? Here you go. I'm going to get you to say this out loud, all right? I'm going to get you to admit that you're rich out loud. It's going to be very hard, but you can do it, all right? Ready? Say these words. I'm rich. Try it one more time. Full voice. Some people didn't say it. I know that. Ready? Ready? I want you to say it full voice. I'm rich. rich. Now, since we're in church, let's make it a little sanctified, all right? Can you do that? I want you to say it this way. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. Say that. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. Guys, you're rich. That might be hard for you to say. But the truth of the matter is, we are rich. And a starting place for this whole series about how we're supposed to live in our finances and with our time and our talent and our stewardship, stewarding all that God has given me to live God's way, starts with me realizing God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. Now, you know, this is is the reality of who we are. Julie and I, we've got kids going off to college now. We've got two kids in college. It's just in our house, it's me and Julie and Alex. We live in a big house. We've got a full basement. I've got a boat garage that doesn't even have a boat in it. There's a, there's a room in the basement we call Julie's room just so she can put her stuff in it, you know? Put your stuff in that room. We don't even take down our Christmas trees. We leave them all the way up and just pull them into a room so we don't have to, have, to, have to work at the hardship of it all. And some of you are laughing because you do the same thing, right? We are super rich. And here's, now here's the problem. Why, why don't we want to admit that? Here's the answer. We feel guilty. We feel guilty because we've been blessed so much. So let me address that for a minute. But the first I will is, I will admit that I'm rich. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. Got the second? I will write this one down. 
I will not feel guilty. I will refuse to feel guilty about being rich. I will refuse to feel guilty about being rich. I don't know about this one, Stephen. You got to help me. Okay, let me help you then, okay? Why is it that we don't feel guilty about all the other blessings God gives us, but then when it comes to, you know, this thing in our wallets or our money, we feel real guilty about that? So I'm just going to put my wallet right over here for a minute. I'm going to walk away from it, and I'm going to think about all the other ways God's blessed me. You know, when somebody comes up to me and they meet my wife, I have an awesome wife, and they say to me, Stephen, man, you have, an, you have a great wife. I don't look at them and feel bad or apologize for my wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got kind of lucky, I guess. I don't know. But you should see her in the morning. I, I, I don't, don't do that kind of thing. I love you, baby. I, I don't do that kind of thing. I don't, I don't hem and haul and apologize for my wife. You know what I normally do? If you tell me I got an awesome wife, I say, I know that I am blessed. Thank you. I am very blessed. God bless me. And I don't do that with my children either, by the way. If people come to me, and, and many people come to me all the time and they talk about Abby, Andrew, and Alex and how, how quality kids that I've got, I don't look at them and say, well, yeah, but yeah, they're, they're going to mess up any minute. Yeah, they're just... Uh, I don't do that. I don't apologize for my kids. I am grateful. And I say, thank you. I am, I'm blessed. It's not because of me. I am blessed. But then when somebody talks about our finances, and if somebody would come up and say, you know what, God has blessed you so much. Why is it that we feel guilty about this? We want to apologize for it. Instead of looking at it and saying, you know what, I'm not going to feel guilty for this. It's God. It's not me. God has blessed me. So, so listen, just a, just a couple of points in truth here real quickly. Have you thought about this? Most of the reason that you're rich, most of the reason that you are so blessed has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with what you've done. It's actually part of your circumstances. I mean, look at me. I was born in America. I didn't choose where I was born. I was born in America. It set me up. God set me up to be rich. He put me in a family. I didn't pick my family. He put me in a family that taught me and gave me an education and nurtured me. Are you there too? I mean, listen, I'm going to say it one more time. The greater reason for why you're rich and why you've been so blessed has a lot less to do with you and what you've done than with your circumstances. God has blessed you with more than you need. You are rich. So don't feel guilty. Feel grateful. See, when, when people look at every other part of your life and they say, man, you're blessed, you should be able to look back at them when it comes to your finances and say, you know what? You are exactly right. God has blessed me. Read this scripture, and here's how I know this is true. Read this scripture with me. In, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Watch this. Notice the bolded words that I put there for you. Who richly provides us. Who provided it for you? Did you do it by your own hand? No. Who richly provides us with everything 
for our enjoyment. God has blessed you. So don't feel guilty about your blessings. Feel grateful. Acknowledge that God is the giver. And you have been the recipient. He's blessed you. I'm going to go back to my question again. You're rich. Have you learned how to live the right way, the biblical way, in your riches? Do you know how to be rich God's way? Third, I will. The first I will was I will admit that I'm rich. Second I will was I will refuse to feel guilty about being rich. I'm going to walk in gratefulness. Write this one down, the third one. I will act, learn to act responsibly with my riches. I will learn, that's what this whole series is about. Have you learned how to live and act responsibly with the riches that God has poured into your life? I will learn to act responsibly. Notice this scripture again, 1 Timothy. Now we're going to read the next two verses, not just verse 17. Verses 18 and 19. Paul says these words. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way... They will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Notice those four things one more time. To do good, to be rich in good deeds, be generous and be willing to share. And then Paul goes on to say, listen, listen, Timothy, if you can teach them the right way to live with their riches... If you can teach them the right way to live with the talents and the blessings that God's poured on them, if you can give, teach them how to live with their time, all, of, all that they are, you know what they will end up doing? They will be storing up in the life that is to come a rich inheritance for their future. They will experience the life that is truly life if you'll teach it to them now. I don't know about you guys, but I know for me, I... I've been rich my whole life. <laughs> now, I haven't, I haven't really realized it my whole life, but I've been rich my whole life. And I got to tell you, I sat in a lot of church services, and nobody ever really, really, really helped me learn how to be rich, how to really live God's way, according to the Bible, that I would live in the riches that he's given me. For the next couple of weeks, that's all we're going to do. And you want to go to graduate school on this, though? Yeah, that, little, that little talk that Fred gave earlier about Financial Peace University, for some of you guys, you need to sign into that now. You need to take a step of faith and sign into that. While I'm teaching on it on Sundays, you can start next weekend doing a, getting a graduate course about how you're living with your finances. Are you really getting traction God's way? Are you doing God's way when it comes to your money? Now listen carefully. What I'm sharing with you today is not a prosperity gospel. It's not, oh, God wants you to be, he wants you to have lots and lots of money and you can claim it and blab it and grab it. It's not that, okay? This is not a prosperity gospel where I'm going to teach you how to be rich or I'm going to talk to you about the riches God's got in store for you. Here's what I'm going to be teaching for the next couple of weeks. Here's what I'm going to be teaching, that you already are rich. You are already blessed with more than you need. You are rich. How do you live God's way? And really live with that kind of investment towards kingdom gain. With your time, your talents, your resources. How do you do that? God's already blessed you. 
Are you living the right way? Hey, here's what I want us to do. And I, I, I haven't figured out. I've been listening all, I've been listening for several, several, several days about how God wanted me to close this service. And the best I know how, I just want to invite you um, to respond to God in a very unique way. I, I think probably a way we've never done here at Harvest Point, which is kind of cool. But would you allow me a little bit of space just for us together to hear God for a minute? I believe God wants us to respond to his word. And so I'm going to pray. And when I pray over you, I'm just going to ask you to stay where you are and, and pray with me about what we've just studied. And then we're going to take up an offering. And I'm going to invite you to give towards God's kingdom gain. We do that every week here. Uh, by the way, in a couple of weeks, I'm very excited. We're going to have our Gideons in, and we're going to, we're going to give a special offerings towards Bibles. And I'm, I always love how you guys generously respond to spreading Bibles all around the world. But what I'm going to ask you to do this morning is I'm just going to ask you to give. And then after you've had a moment to give, I'm going to ask you to come. If you feel a Holy Spirit kind of nudging you, I'm just going to ask you to come to the altar here. And if you have something like this with you, a wallet, a checkbook, a purse, whatever it is, just want to invite you to bring that with you. And here's the deal. Just by way of simply saying, God, I want to do with all of me everything you've blessed me with, all the riches you've poured on me, I want to do right by it where you're concerned. And so would you teach me? Would you mold me? Would you shape me? I want my finances to be under your kingdom reign. I want my time to be under your kingdom reign. I want my talents to be under your kingdom reign. And just kind of a, a prayer of, you can make it this time here at the altar, you can make it a prayer of thanksgiving, where you just come to the altar and you say, God, <laughs> why do you make me so rich? Thank you for making me so rich. Or it can be a place of submission or surrender where you just come and say, God, listen, Convict me, mold me, shape me, teach me. I want to be completely under your sovereign hand. I want to be submitted to you. Here I am, God. Here I am. I think God honors that kind of submission, humility. Well, I'm going to pray over you. And then we're going to give. And the altar is going to be open. I'm going to invite you to come and talk with God. Would you bow your heads together? Father, I thank you so much for your word, and I thank you that your word is for all of us here in this place, and it reminds us who we are. God, you've blessed us to live in a phenomenal country. You've given us all kinds of privileges and benefits that we take for granted, just like breath, like our, the way we breathe. And Lord, during this series, I pray that you would fall on our, on our church. You just fall on us. You teach us, teach us, mold us, shape us. Lord, I pray for every one of us during this series to have, have our hearts before you, to realize together that, God, you have blessed us mightily and we have, with more than we need. We are rich. And Lord, many times we felt guilty about that, but we want to change that. We want to surrender that to you. We want to feel grateful because you are the giver of every good gift. You've poured these blessings into our lives. Lord, I pray that you teach us. Make us wise beyond our years. And not just us, God. Teach us so that we can teach our children and that our children can teach our grandchildren. Lord, make us wise, I pray, when it comes to how we deal with our time and our talents and our money. And Lord, I pray that you would meet us and shape us and mold us and that under your hand we would see favor and blessing because we're doing our lives your way. 
So Lord, meet us. Meet us at the altar today and meet us in the giving that we'll do in the next few minutes. Meet us. Meet us next week when we come back together and the next week after that when we come back together and we talk about these big things, God, meet us and help us have your word and your spirit over our lives, Lord, do it. And Lord, as we give in the next few minutes, multiply these gifts towards your kingdom gain. May it all be for your glory. And may you take these, every one of these gifts that we give and like the fish and the loaves, multiply them far beyond our reach to remind us, God, our job is just to be the little boy who offers his lunch and then you take the lunch and you feed thousands with it. Oh God, we give to you. Do your miracle work through our giving. This is our prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.